Genre. everyone and welcome to the Friday edition of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the podcast where we are giving you a minute of screen time for an episode of a podcast or possibly an episode of a podcast for a minute of screen time. It's a better way to put it. Something like of that, yeah. Podcast. Anyway, we're watching <laughs> one minute of the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action movie at a time and uh, then we're going to talk about it a bunch and it just so happens that today we are on minute number five, five for Friday. Look, alliteration. Um, this minute begins with a, uh, a streetlight shining in a corner very solemnly on a beautifully uh, uh, stuccoed brick wall. I guess it's not stucco, but whatever the hell you call it, brick wall. It's and, also uh, like yeah. a 40 it's, it's watt bulb. Yeah. <laughs> and ends with uh, one of my favorite parts of this whole movie, the opening strains of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle theme and the credit Golden Harvest presents. So, uh, minute number five, let's kick it off. Chris, why don't you start us off today? Oh, okay. Well, uh, hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, oh, I didn't introduce you guys. You, yeah, you I didn't. Yeah, you did Chris, didn't introduce, introduce yourself. yourself. You threw off the format in the fir- it, within the first five episodes. Listen, How I am going to improvise. I am going to yeah. shoot from yeah, the yeah, hip. Yeah, yeah. There is right. no that's script. Right. There are no rules. <laughs> yeah, well. It's yeah, a there, goddamn battle royal. Oh my Whoa. goodness! Okay, so Whoa. like the way the way this this starts out, like we, Chris we O'Connor, cut everybody, away really quickly. Yeah, that's me. We cut away really quickly from Baby Sam Rockwell uh, looking up uh, after saying, "I got her watch," and it it, it uh, you know you get this shot of of the street lamp, the 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 alley light, you know, the one light in the alley apparently, uh, getting hit by. I think you can see it there in the shot, like as it flies, like after it yep. hits it and starts to fall, you see uh, Raphael sigh. So, um, uh, I just want to jump in. Does anyone else notice the problem here? Adam, Adam Sheehan, our other co-host, do you, do you notice the problem with that shot? Yeah, the, the glass, first of all, it's like a 40-watt bulb street lamp. Like, mm-hmm. there aren't street lamps with those kinds of bulbs. Also, the glass breaks, but the light <laughs> doesn't go out. It's not which until is the really, next shot. <laughs> like, it takes a while for that light to go out. I never which, noticed that before. That's I not guess how from a work. filmmaking standpoint, they probably tried it and were like, oh, well, as soon as the light goes out, now we can't see that it was a sigh anymore. So maybe we'll just leave the light on for a split second so and we it can kind see of what fades. Yeah, but, but how does that even work? They could have used like a blue fill for that, at least. Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, R- Rachel Gatlin, why don't you give us your thoughts on this fantastic special effect? Well, I, I don't know how the bulb is still holding its bulb shape. And putting off light. And I would also like to point out that this street light lit the whole scene because as soon as it goes out, it is pitch black. So this entire alley was being lit by this one little 40 watt bulb. I'd be curious to go back to the earlier minute and see if we found more sources of light in this, in the set Hmm. or if they really did just have the one, like is (laughs) is that a continuity thing? I'm willing Um, to bet that there were more sources of light. Yeah. Um, and then, man, I keep coming back to the the overdubs and the foley work and the ADR in this movie. But the lights go off. We get a black screen, and yeah, I think Rachel, I think you were the one saying it earlier. Like this is every sound that kids make when they play yep. karate. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Every every, every I, kid that has ever played karate has made these sounds. 
Yeah. I have um, never successfully managed to make that sound like physically. Hang on, I'm gonna I can try go, real quick. <laughs> but my body. I'm waving my hand really fast by my phone right now. Just like, <laughs> you, you need like a thin piece of wood. Happen. Like like if you swing like a really thin like switch, <laughs> you'll get you'll get that sound. Yeah, but that's like cheating. That's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always like shots like this where it goes dark and then the they get to kind of paint this picture in our heads of what's happening through foley work. But like it, it's just total chaos. It's mm-hmm. just like a lot can of. You? swooshes and swashes can you imagine like how they did this in the recording studio i am i know as a part-time engineer i i love the idea of like six guys in a room just like swinging things and shaking crap and like (laughs) beating up like bags of flour or something or punching giant slabs of pork a la rocky (laughs) um just to get all these sounds like this must have been a party in the overdub studio yeah i was been listening to um a lot of Rebel Force Radio, it's a Star Wars podcast, uh, shout out to those guys, but they get to interview a lot of the people that did ADR work on the new Star Wars movies, and they're always talking about how they're like 10 guys in a room, there's like, we need a stormtrooper to say this, or we need a grunt, or we need that, and they're just all in a room for like a day, and they do all of that stuff like in one day. <laughs> I would love to be a part of that. That yeah, sounds that so job. much fun. <laughs> Um, Rachel, can you give us your best Michelangelo right there for that scene? Oh, what does he say? I, I believe the he's word like, is whoa. He's like, whoa! <laughs> whoa! Whoa! I, I, I think what that is, th- that whoa, is him discovering that they're saving, like, this hot babe. <laughs> like, I, I think that whoa was like, oh, who's the babe? Again? This is the, the the beginning of Michelangelo falling in love with April, the creepiest love story oh, ever. Oh, I saw that just reminds me of this webcomic where April is like, Oh, Michelangelo and I finally decided to get married, and everyone's like, Ew, that's gross. And she's like, Why? Because he's a turtle? And everyone's like, No, because he's a teenager. <laughs> because he's fourteen. <laughs> he's underage. <laughs> and you are a grown woman. Well, the, the, there's a minute that I'm really looking forward to to getting Teenage to mutant jailbait in, turtles in the uh, the farmhouse later on, where he totally cockblocks oh, yeah. uh, Casey Jones in April. It's a really strange moment. There's like a lot of subtle sexuality in this movie, but then there's some really not so subtle sexuality in this movie. It's mm-hmm. strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know. Teenage, well, not even teenage, preteen boys. We needed that uh, little uh, little hormonal kick in the 90s. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! And we get a little bit more of the musical <coughs> cue here when the, the police lights come up and we see all our thugs bound and gagged in a sort of a weird og tie slash yeah. BDSM kind of fashion here. It's, it's they, a surprising they, amount of rope. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, where were they carrying all this rope? Right! Like, because what? at no other point in the movie do we see them holding this much rope. <laughs> Maybe it was in the back of the van. You Maybe. and your effing rope. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Bronson's always got a rope. <laughs> so there's, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, maybe five or six seconds of darkness. And during that time, they're able to tie up all these dudes. Ninjutsu. Well, ninjas. I, I guess. Ninja powers. Be- I guess. Be- yeah. Hashtag because ninjas. <laughs> we already established in what, Men in 2, that ninjas are really fast at like unloading trucks. So <laughs> presumably beating up and tying up these guys would be easier. 
Yeah. One would think, yeah. And if the Ninja Turtles are, in fact, better ninjas than the foot, then they'd be even faster at doing such things and quieter. Mm -hmm. Although it is interesting that they're good enough and fast enough to tie all these guys up and go out of their way to put a funny thing on Sam Rockwell's (laughs) head. And yet, and yet, leave a weapon behind. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I saw the thing on his head, I'm like, okay, so obviously Michelangelo, being the smartass that he is, found like a beanie, propeller beanie, and stuck it on his head. And then looking back at it, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is. I, I kind of like the thought of it being a propeller beanie. I think it's some kind of satellite. Yeah, it looks like a satellite dish. Well, yeah, that just takes all the like fun out of it. Like a tiny satellite dish? Like, wh- why? Because news van? Yeah. If I'm looking at Whoa. the two thugs on the right... It appears that there's a piece of pipe tied up between them with a cable coming out of it. So I'm almost wondering if, like, a piece of the the uh, antenna on the building was torn down mm. and the cabling was used to tie them up a little. Or that's all. That's not even rope. That's all just like news van cables. <laughs> Maybe. Like it's all like microphone cables and. Yeah. You know. So the police oh, siren the that thing, blasts... the thing that might be the thing that might be coming out from behind Sam it might not be on his head so much as behind him it could be one of those like old style antennas you know like that used to be on the TV uh, on the house for 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 your TV like the VHF yeah, like maybe. the sort of bar with the the sort of um, little leaves coming off of it mm-hmm. yeah but it is maybe. round like it, yeah, if, if you look at the spot where it falls off of his head you can kind of get a top down view of what it is. Yeah, if any of our listeners know what the heck that thing is, chime in and tell us, TMNT Minute on Twitter. I kind of want to know. Yeah. Um, so we also heard a cop car in the last minute. Is this the same cop car, do you think? We heard a siren off in the distance in minute, I believe, four, as April's what walking out the front of the uh, uh, TV hmm. studio. And these cops got here really quick. Like, there was no time between when she's like, help, and then there's like a cop car there. Like, the New York PD... For not being interested in petty crime as much as she says they are, they were like on that. They were like, that sounds like a hot babe. <laughs> uh, let's go check it out, John. <laughs> and then um, as, uh, as Scott was mentioning earlier, we, we get to hear that Shredder suite again. That, oh, yes. That, that villain theme. There's, the, there's a distinct villain theme and hero theme in this movie. We're going to hear like a couple bars of the hero theme at the end of this yeah. minute. And so far we've had like the bustling through the city, the kind of do do do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bass lines that are one. great in this. Yeah. It's so funky. I love it. And then this, this, oh, man, it's just, it's a great little cue. And it's so, it's got that high string that just kind of hangs there. Just on the one note, while the other uh, instruments sort of move below it. I love the pedal tone. I love that. And that doom, 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 doom. Yeah, it's which such is going to come back it, a lot. It, yeah, it's like, it's that that definite, it's it's almost like the Imperial March of this movie. Mm. Yeah, that little like four or five note theme. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. Um, so we move a little bit further through this, and again, we are confirmed that April did indeed walk out of her job in cut-off jean shorts, and we get maybe the most provocative shot of the entire movie with about two-thirds of her thigh exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. There's your overt sexuality that you were talking about, Adam. Well, that's the subtle sexuality. Yeah, that's the overt uh, sexuality I think there's some more later. later. <laughs> we'll get to that in, like, episode 70. Yeah, I don't understand her outfit. She's got cut-off shorts, leg warmers, a flannel shirt, and a raincoat. Like, it was nice. I think it's that, 1990. What, the theme... 
The theme for 1990 is I don't understand your outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to pause the video real quick at 39 seconds, and I want you guys to do the same and just look at the sigh for a moment. You got it? Yep. Good. Okay, now I'm going to let the video play for just a couple more seconds, and I'm going to pause it again at 45, and I want you to look at the sigh again. Notice anything different? This is the first continuity error in the movie, at least the first mm. glaring one so far. The sigh, the overhead shot of the sigh oh. on the ground at 39 seconds, the tines are, are bare. There's the long prong in the middle and the two tines on the side. They are unwrapped. But oh, when God. you look up at second 45, <laughs> oh, both tines are completely wrapped up. <laughs> oh, it's a totally dear. different weapon. These that are the things impressive. you see when you're doing uh, when you're looking at a movie a minute at a time mm -hmm. and this catch all the, the tiny little mistakes that get missed and nobody cares about. Exactly, but um, we care about them because we got to fill some time. We got to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. The other um, thing is, is you you almost never see like uh, like any of the cops' faces. Like in the last minute, there's a shot of a security guard. But he's so deep focused that like he pretty much doesn't even have a face. Yeah. And like you see all these cops in the background, but like you can you never really get a good look at a cop's face except for the police chief. It's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Um, we get the iconic shot of Raphael peeking through the uh, the sewer manhole cover there. Which and is the first the, uh, the first swear word of the movie. Mm -hmm. Ah, the first of uh, we'll well we'll talk about that. The <laughs> shot damn. the poster is based off of. We get the word "damn" and we get that hero shot. The poster is based off of a turtle peeking through the uh, the manhole cover. Now, the thing that always bugged me about that too is whatever puppets, whatever props they used on the poster, they are not the turtle costumes from the movie. They're like bigger and puffier, and they don't look the same. Mm. They're scaly. Like if you, have, oh, I had that poster as a kid, and I had it was big. It was like, you know, the kind that you pull out of a movie theater, and uh, it just the 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 texturing of the faces, the nothing looked right. They just looked puffy and fake. So I'm assuming they were mock-ups that were made just for the the promotional poster. Purposes. It was 1990 Photoshop, mm -hmm. and it was also yes. probably very very different lighting because the lighting in this movie is very soft and like yeah. Not so like postery, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Touche, true. Um, and I think it would be uh, wrong of us not to note that April is committing a crime here. Yeah, she's stealing evidence. Yeah, yeah she's, she, <laughs> she's like, what? But yeah, it's, it, at, on one what end, is this? at one end, she's like battling City Hall and like, you guys got to figure out who's doing all these crimes. And then she finds herself in the middle of one. She's like, I'm going to hide evidence. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> yeah, to take this. But now, she's, she's being a reporter in a movie. She's trying to, to get to the bottom of things for herself. She's like, I can solve this better than the cops. <laughs> Granted, when I solve it, I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so April O'Neil should be arrested and taken to jail. Um, <laughs> so we get the first swear word. Oh, man, damn, that's going to mm -hmm. come back later. And then we hit damn. the two big hits that you hear when this podcast starts. The main theme by John Duprez, Dupre. Bump, bump, uh, bump, ba -da -da, bump, Yeah. It is. So when I hear the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song, like when someone says, oh, 
think of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme because people say that to me all the time in my everyday life because I'm a huge nerd. Um, the first one I think of is obviously the TV show. This mm-hmm. is the second one. Um, and it's often they're thought of at the same time. I love this music. This theme song is so badass. Yeah. It's energetic. It's exciting. It's got... It's 90s, but for some reason it doesn't sound super dated. And I don't know if it's because it's, you know, mostly... I don't know. It's kind of like this sort of like funky um, quasi-hip-hop thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that, it's, it's that bass in the back. Yeah, and the super heavy reverb-gated drums. I, I, think, I think a close third for me for uh, Turtles themes is the original NES Turtles game. Mm-hmm. The, the one that sucked, the one that everybody hates. The music oh, the in really that game. Hard one. Water level. The music in that game is fantastic. It's got yeah, that like Can we talk about listen, I have to take an aside and I gotta I gotta know. There is a song. Um do you know that song? Uh it's like a pop song. I'm gonna find this, but it is the water level turtles music, but it's an actual song. Uh, it kills me. I it every time I hear that song on the radio, I'm just like, this is just like pop the song Ninja now? Turtles. It, it was like from the 70s, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even the 80s. Oh well, uh, if it's from the 70s or the 80s, then you know the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Water Level song would have cribbed off of that, presumably. Yes, probably. I'm gonna. It's also to find the, that, that but... level is the most stressful Ugh. experience, most Ugh. like largely because of that music. It's just yeah. like like it gets your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you get electrocuted three hundred thousand times. <laughs> that but, that level hurt. You my make soul. it past yeah. that level, you're good for the rest of the game. I, <laughs> also, how much of the game was left after it's, the water uh, level? Uh, a lot. Wait a minute. A wait lot. a minute. Yeah. Okay. Oh, really, listeners, I need you to go on YouTube. I need you to find the song "Reminiscing." By the uh, Little River Band. You're going to listen to... Just laugh at me if you want. I'm right about this. You go find Reminiscing by the Little River Band. And we're going to just compare that to the Ninja Turtles NES game water level music. That is if you can get that far. Because that game is ridiculously hard. They're the exact same. It's... It's... uh, I don't know. I'm going to listen to that. We're going to get back to you. That was a game you you needed to have Game Genie, I think. Or cocaine. Yeah. Or Ritalin, if you can't afford cocaine. Yeah. I had none of those things, so I usually just quit at the water level. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I... I don't think I ever made it past... Because you... I remember playing in the dam. You played in the dam before you get into the water level, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, then, yeah, I never got past the water level. And then there's that bullet hell level. Yeah, you, I, I recently watched... Um, I watched somebody play all the way through that game without dying once. I I think he's just never touched a boob. It's just like, (laughs) like if he does have a girlfriend, she's seriously and regrettably neglected because this guy is just way too good at playing the worst game ever made. Oh, poor girl. (laughs) It's not the worst game ever made. It's it's not. It's I. I, It's I'd put it in my top ten worst games. It's very frustrating. I have to make a correction. I've already proven myself wrong. So. Uh, and I couldn't let this go. Reminiscing by the Little River Band, it does not sound just like the water music from the Ninja Turtles game. It sounds just like the overworld music from the Ninja uh, Turtles okay, game. Okay, so that that dun 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 dun. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
that's that's the links, that's my number three to both of those in our uh, in our show notes mm-hmm. so you all can go listen for yourself let's let's keep rolling on in this minute here um we get our ninja turtles music and then we get the very first credit of the movie after this sort of cold open golden harvest presents that's it that's mm-hmm. the end of the minute uh, doing a little research on Golden Harvest. They were mostly a Chinese film company. Uh, they were established, it looks to be in the 70s, and went through about 2009, and they were huge in Hong Kong, uh, huge for the careers of Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung. Some of the movies that you might recognize from Golden Harvest, aside from Ninja Turtles, are... Uh, I'm scrolling. Fist of Fury. Mm-hmm. Way of the Dragon. Um, Once Upon a Time in China. Yeah. And something called The Peeping Tom. And yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, there's, I just, we're just scrolling through. Oh. There, there was one just called The Peeping Tom. And, and my personal oh, favorite... Wait. My personal favorite, Dial D for Demon. <laughs> Dial D for Demon is a good one. Because there's a, a long, long wait for dial M for murder the, the I would whole like, time. I would like to see your dial D for demon, and I would like to raise you an erotic ghost story. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Oh. That sounds spooky. Yeah. And sexy. Spexy. Spexy. Spooksy. Police Story was, was a Golden Harvest movie. Oh, that's uh, great. Sort of... More recently, there was uh, not a ton, but, uh, you know, they were good for the old Chinese movie. Uh, I I would guess a lot of these are probably action films, except for, of course, Erotic Ghost Story. But who knows? That could have been an action film. There's an action. They also made a movie in 1994 called Fruit Punch. (laughs) Which, like, you you can only imagine what that movie's about. It's either about, like, someone who sells fruit drinks or, like, yeah. people who work in a fruit drink factory or, like, I don't know. Or a guy. The fruit a, punch? A, the Hawaiian punch a, a, guy. A kung fu artist who, who learns the fruit punch, whatever that um, is. I, I think it's the Hawaiian punch guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just the yeah. biopic of a uh, of, of fruit punch guy, Hawaiian punch guy. He, he um, has a name. I don't what? know what it is, but I know really? he has Really? Does one. he? Yes, he does. <laughs> I, I think don't it's, believe you. I, I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, you have to I want. I want to hear your guess first. I thought it was punchy, but maybe I'm everybody. Wrong. Everybody named the <laughs> Hawaiian like, punch like guy. Poochie. It's like Poochie. It's like we're all I fine think, with Punchy. I think the Hawaiian punch guy is named. Uh, oh God, what's a good one? I'm gonna just say his name is uh, the Hammer. I think his name is Chad. No. Oh. Do you have a guess before? Uh, Esteban Worthington the third. No, his uh, name is Punchy. Winner. It's Punchy. It's Punchy. Are you kidding? Really? It's Punchy. Yeah. Wow. They wow. they they thought about that for all of three <laughs> seconds and then moved on. Yep. Punchy. This the guy Hawaiian needs a name. Guy. Quick, somebody hand me the phone. What also, was, that's is that, that guy, Are they still using that? Does Hawaiian Punch still exist? It does, I think. Also, it took uh, me the longest time to realize that that's a hat that he's wearing. <laughs> that he doesn't have like weird red oh, hair. God. I thought it was I antlers. Was just, I thought it was the shape of his head. Yeah, I, I he's wearing like, like a hat. Of some yeah, kind. he had strange bone protuberances. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible tumors. He's a, he's a he's a mutant selling fruit drinks. Oh man! All right. Well, Golden Harvest is where we're going to end it this week. Has anyone else got anything else for this minute? No. Nah. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> 
All if right. you haven't seen it, watch Once Upon a Time in China. There you go. A nice little plug. Uh, well, before we get going, I want to once again thank our producer over at Dueling Genre, Genre, Dueling Genre, Mr. Scott Corelli. Uh, you can get all kinds of great podcasts aside from ours over at Dueling Genre. And if you like what you hear from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, perhaps you will become a Patreon supporter. And uh, you might get access to something cool like our weekend edition, which is going to be, at this point, a monthly edition where we'll talk about anything and everything Ninja Turtles related. We might have some cool guests on, but it's not going to be strictly about the movie. Uh, help us out on Patreon, and you will get an exclusive podcast that nobody else will get. And we're going to come up with some other cool things to send you guys also, so keep listening. Uh, for the crew here at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, I am Scott Tofty. And uh, we'll see you on Monday. Cowabunga! I was wondering how long it was going to take you to get that one in. All right, bye, everybody. (laughs) All right, somebody resuscitate Chris, please. (laughs) 